Thanks so much for listening to another podcast episode of Complex Identities. This is your host, Juan Marcos Bejarano Gutierrez. Today, we're going to be looking at what I call the signs of minut, the signs of heresy. The rabbinic literature refers to the heresy of reshuyot, of powers, and we generally understand this to mean two powers. Now, this heresy has often been associated with Jesus-believing Jewish groups, though other minim, other sectarians, mainly Gnostics, could have been included among those who supported these kinds of views. Now, the assertion that the minim in question in these various Talmudic passages are, in fact, Jews who supported the Messianic or the exalted status of Jesus of Nazareth is premised on the idea that Jesus stood at the right hand of the Father in heaven and was granted full authority. If you're familiar with the New Testament, you know that Paul's depiction of Jesus as the agent of creation most likely enhanced the view of Jesus as a second power in heaven. And of course, we know from the Gospels that it's clear that Jesus' designation as the Son of God was sufficient for many Jews who did not support his Messianic claims uh, to have a great opposition to this view. It created a, a theological dilemma that was very serious. Now, the passages that refer to two powers, or Rashuyot, may in fact reflect the views of Jewish followers of Jesus in the 3rd and 4th centuries. And this is important because the Clementine literature, the homilies and the recognitions, of course, in their final forms, are written sometime in the 3rd and 4th centuries. Now, the fact that all of the references that we find in Talmudic literature refer to two powers instead of three is particularly interesting. The reason that's interesting, of course, is because emerging Christian orthodoxy in the 3rd and 4th centuries adopted the Trinitarian model or had inherited that from earlier stages of Christian development. The Talmud records a specific issue in play, and that is of two powers. And so it almost lends to the idea that there was a binitarian view among at least some sectors or quarters of Christianity. And in fact, some scholars have actually, in the Christian world, have actually bought into this idea. The most prominent that I'm familiar with is Dr. Michael Heiser. Now, the menim in question, when we find these particular passages, do not necessarily prescribe or ascribe the idea of pre-existence. So there's many dimensions to this. Uh, of course, there's a differentiation between Trinitarian thought, but even in the idea of binitarianism, it's, it's more complex than a simple two versus three. Now, the attribution of the title sonship or this category was sufficiently elevated to stir the ire of rabbinic sages. So even if Jesus was not considered to be equivalent uh, to God in terms of preexistence, that was still sufficient his, his elevation was still sufficient to prove a uh, source of controversy. And of course, early rabbis saw this as a compromise of God's unity. Now, they may have also increasingly chosen to lessen any previously existing tolerance towards Jews who embraced the Messianic claims of Jesus based off these ideas. Now, my particular perspective on this, on an academic standpoint, is that the existence of these passages presents the modern reader, reader with a small portal to the complex world of Christology existent or extent in various Jesus-believing groups of the day. And the reason that I say that is because, as we know, the Clementine recognitions and the Clementine homilies have very different perspectives on a number of issues, whether it's the Torah, whether it's the place of non-Jews, whether it's the continuing relationship of Jews who do not accept the Messianic claims of Jesus, um, 
as well as other issues, as we saw in, in terms of Christology. Now, we're not going to get into the specifics of all the different passages. I'm thinking about doing a separate podcast for that uh, to add it as a supplement or an uh, addendum, if you will, to the podcast. But I would say that there are various biblical passages that refer to the angel of the Lord in the Tanakh, in the Hebrew Bible, and it occurs in the Torah itself. And this unique portrayal of this exalted angel, often described as having the name of God within him, likely served to create a distinction and elevation between this angel and, of course, other heavenly beings. Now, the existence of this figure may have provided early uh, sectarians with further evidence to point towards multiple powers in heaven. Still, the reference to the angel having the ability or authority to forgive sins is fascinating. In addition, later in the Talmud, as well as in other literature, we see the concept of Metatron, who appears to be far removed from the idea of the Logos in Alexandrian philosophy or the idea of Horos in Gnosticism. Now, certain early Christian groups sought to explain their Christology in terms of exalted angelology. And it seems more likely that the discussion between Rabbi Edi and Amin in this particular context, uh, who are discussing Metatron, may have had its source in discussions on Jesus. So if that is the case, then some Jewish followers of Jesus, some particular group, may have been either familiar with the idea of Metatron or may have incorporated ideas into their framework regarding this exalted angel, or it's quite possible that we have something of a different nature, and that is the cross-pollinization of, if you will, Jesus' ideas or ideas that were held by Jesus-believing groups and how they migrated into the quote-unquote normative Jewish community. Now, God's unity is the central focus and the central concern of the rabbis when they debate this issue of Rashuyot, or two powers in heaven. Now, the rabbis were facing what they considered, I believe, to be the gradual erosion of uncompromising monotheism. So perhaps most revealing about the controversies is that both parties appeal to sacred texts as proof texts for their respective positions, indicating that the menim, whoever they are, these sectarians in question, were, of course, sufficiently aware of the complexity of biblical text. Now, again, we're not going to get into the specifics of, of different passages that discuss this. They're fascinating, and I think in many ways they deserve to be mentioned. But our goal in this particular podcast is to simply out, lay out the possibility that the two powers are a reflection of the concepts that many different groups were, in fact, um, embracing in their Christology.